Happy to uh, introduce our speaker for this morning. Kendra Q. Dodd serves as our Senior Director of Career and Leadership Development here at Northwestern. Kendra has been on leadership development platforms for over 30 years. She has expertise in human resources, diversity, equity, and inclusion, emotional intelligence, conflict management, change management, and organizational and talent development. Beginning in her high school career, she spoke and facilitated state-level student government and leadership platforms. Kendra continued her efforts in college with experience in residence life, student affairs, leadership mentor, and, and student ambassador while obtaining the highest national award of the Algernon Sidney Sullivan Award for Excellence and Service to Humanity. Fast forward to the present, Kendra has facilitated and trained in Fortune 100 nonprofit government and educational organizations. Kendra has a bachelor's of science degree and a master's degree in human resources development. Along with her formal education, Kendra is certified DDI trainer, certified senior professional in human resources, and a certified life and career coach. She also serves on the board for Rockhama Homes and Covenant Pines Ministries. Kendra also serves on her church's leadership academy as a coordinator and facilitator for the past five years. So would you please welcome Kendra Dodd to the stage this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I am going to go ahead as we prepare for this to, you know, to make sure we have time. I was getting excited about today, so I was so excited that I overprepared myself, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit said, Kendra, you only have but this amount of time, not the entire chapel. So um, I'll go ahead. I'm going to say something. I was actually an adjunct professor at St. Mary's for almost seven years, and this is something you'll never hear probably your instructor or your professor say. You can take out your phones and be prepared because you will use them later. So you can go ahead and take out your smartphones now so you can be prepared for that later um, because I just want to make sure within time that we can do that. So you will never hear that again. Now, that does not give you permission to be on it while I'm speaking. I hope I am not that boring. Um, but I want to say thank you for having me here today again. I was here this last spring. Um, I am just so grateful to be standing on the stage today. Um, I'm always humbled and really in awe of what God has done. Um, I talk a lot about being the shy little girl that hid behind my dad. And so God chooses me where he wants me to be. And I still am grateful and thankful for uh, being here. But what we're going to talk about today is pathways. And this is one of the most beautiful pictures that I love to see here in Northwestern. Not yet. We can go back. We're not there yet. So these are one of the most beautiful. See? Spoiler alert. That's okay. Um, but these are one of the most beautiful pictures as you go down the hall in NAS. And if you don't know where our department is, I always say that come see us. There is a penthouse in NAS Hall, if you didn't know, we have a private elevator. Yes! So fourth floor, take the elevator, and that's where career and leadership development is. But when you think of the concept of pathways, let's think about that in definition. It's very interesting. They say that pathways is a route that, you know, in actually, if you think about it from an education standpoint, in physiology, that it says that it's a route formed by a chain of nerves. So you think about nerve cells and their impulses in a particular kind usually that travel. So their nerve cells, there's a pathway of a kind that groups together when you think about it and thinking how God in creation is that we ha he has called us. 
So then if you think about in biochemistry, where are chemistry majors here? Any biochemistry in the house? Thank you. So they talk about the concept of a sequence of chemical reactions that undergo a compound within a living organism. So essentially when you think about pathways, it's a way of achieving a specific result it's a course of action. It is the simplest form if you think about it. It is a path that we walk along. It's a route that we take. And so simply, it's steps. It's a way, it's a track, it's a course. And so thinking it of pathways from a Christian's perspective, we all are on our individual pathways. The kind that we want to specifically talk about is our calling. That's what I want to talk about this morning, that we're called to lead with our gifts and our talents that God has created us. And what we have to think about, that we can get so confused of this concept of where does God want me to be? We can get so perplexed and stuck in the concept of where does God want me to be? Which path should I take? But I'm going to tell you here today, there's only one. Because when we start listening to other people's paths, these are not the paths that I want you to take. It's not what mama tells me, not what daddy tells me, what the youth pastor told me, what the teacher told me, what my professor tells me, what my advisor tells me, and even what my career coach is telling me. To be real clear, I'm not telling you also not to listen to respectful and mindful of godly counsel, but for those who love the Lord yet do never replace it with the willingness and understanding of what he and the path that God is telling you to take. So my brother and sisters in Christ, what I tell you is that is the wrong way if you listen only to people. The main source and the only pathway is through God. So I want to say, don't be mistaken and taken away from where God is trying to lead you, directing you and where you need to go and where you need to lead. As a Christian, your only pathway is his way. His ways are not my way. His ways, honestly, I'm going to tell you, are not your ways most of the time. And the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts when we think about it. And so how we envision our life, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to probably end up the way we want, but it will be perfect through his will. And so as he created us for a specific purpose, a divine calling, a destiny, a direction only that you can fulfill— not anyone else can do it for you. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your pastor, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not your bestie, not your bro, not your teacher, not your professor, not your advisor, or even the senior director of career and leadership development can fulfill the calling of the gifts that God wants to, for you to fulfill and to walk into. So let's affirm that there's only one pathway, and that is the pathway that is your direct relationship and where God wants to lead you. So we serve a personal God, though, and that's what's so amazing. That in that, and as we were going through and we were getting prepared in our hearts and minds and worship, that he will hold us fast. He will be safe. He hears us when he pray. He comforts us when we cry. He rejoices with us exuberantly when wonderful things happen. And he's happy for us. He has happened in our lives. So what does this all really mean when we think about that? As stated before, God has a plan for us, a path for each one of us. But the question that becomes the most perplexing is still thinking of, what do I do now? Where do I go? Which direction? What goals? I have these dreams. I have these desires. What do I do? I don't know what to do. Who should I listen to? I'll say, listen to what God says in your heart. 
The question isn't finding our purpose in our journey and leading and being God, honoring leaders in our home church community and the world. It's not the question of which path to take. It is whose path am I taking? Whose path? Is it about you? Is it about anyone else? Whose path am I taking? There is only one life journey, and I'm going to say that is to Jesus. That's saying yes to Jesus. That's saying yes to God and letting the Holy Spirit guide. But it can feel complicated sometimes. It can be challenging because when things happen, you're saying, am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right call? Am I overanalyzing this concept of pathway and journey? And I want you to know that sometimes that now, I want to know now, Jesus, what am I supposed to do now? Like now, like yesterday now, what do I do, right? You're like, hey, can I know now? Like, hey, hello, show me a sign and being able to do it. So it's okay to be in that space. It's okay to sit in that space because he is there with us. So stop worrying about the why, the when, the where, how long. Are we there yet? In due time, it will. In Matthew 6, 27, it says, uh, can anyone who is worrying add a single hour to our life? I think not. So it's not for us to worry because in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The scripture we will focus on today will be the parable of the talents. So as we think, you can go to the next slide. Right? As we focus on him, let's focus our perspectives mostly will be on the servants. And so it will start with first, before we get into the scripture, is that I want to ask you a question before we can get into judging, because it's going to be very easy to judge these three servants, right? Or to have our opinion of the three servants. So the question I have for you is when you're given an opportunity, when you're placed with an opportunity, what do you normally do? Right? So do you usually get stuck in fear? Do you usually rise to the occasion, fight, flight, or freeze? What, what do you usually do when you're presented with an opportunity? Think about that. What is your normal tendencies? So now let's turn to the parables. Let's turn to the next slide. So it starts with Matthew 25, 15. The one he gave five talents to, to the other two, and the other one each according to his own ability that he went on his journey. So a master brought three servants together. I don't know why, but it was very interesting. He didn't bring them individually, but he brought three servants together, gave them one five, one two, and the other one. And so the first point I want to make is that we all have a talent in accordance, as you see, to our abilities. So God will give us our abilities, and it clearly states that the master will give us what our goals are. And so what we have to realize is that our abilities together collectively create something miraculous, is that we could have been for a purpose and calling. I don't know, but we have to think about that in that, in each of our callings. So one of the examples that I do like is think about Moses. He's one of our greatest leaders. But if you think he was a great leader, but guess what? He needed Aaron. He needed Aaron to speak for him. And then as they continued into the journey, they needed Jethro, his, his father-in-law, for wisdom and guidance to help him understanding effective management. It's one of my favorite scriptures when it talks about delegation of counsel and authority. But even Jethro, in that time in giving him counsel, said, heed my advice and take it to God. And so what I'll say is that each one of us, each one of you, has been given a talent 
to the abilities that God say that you have, but collectively we become very powerful. Nonetheless, less important than the other. And so what we have to think about as we continue on in the scripture, we can move on to the next slide of the story, is that the one who had received the five talents went at once and traded them and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one that had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one that received the one that went, that had one, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. In the Living Word uh, translation, it said that he hid the money for safekeeping. I don't know why he did it, but I do know that when the occasion arised, that was the question I asked, he froze. He choked up, he got scared, and he hid. Now, I want you to think, what is one talent worth? How much was one talent worth back then? It was actually 15 years worth of wages. Now, personally, I'm thinking like, wow, okay, if one talent was 15 years, and then you had one that had two years and another that had five, wow, this master was loaded, right? So abundance of that if we look. So we have to basically be grateful. But it looks like, have you been in line, like a serving line, and you're looking at someone and they're giving you, let's say, mashed potatoes? I'm just trying to think. It's almost Thanksgiving, right? And you give one hip, you know, like, oh, and they're like, that's all you're going to give me? Like, can I have some more mashed potatoes and more gravy, please? Right? So we're like, why do they get more than me? Well, maybe I'm less than. And what we have to realize in the scripture, it says that in the abilities that we have, and so we have to be grateful for what is given because God knows what's best for us. And so as we think through this, is that even that one is very important. Whatever job that you're given, do it well because it's still needed nonetheless. You know, the one thing that I hate doing is when you go to Culver's, right? Now, I'm one of those people that eat in the car, so please forgive me if you don't or you're not one of those people. But you know, when you're like eating and you get that ketchup on you, right? The last thing that happens usually, if you've ever worked in fast food, is you put the straws and the napkins in the bag. The last thing you want to do is with your ketchup hands and you're trying to drive, please forgive me, is not have the napkins. And then as you're eating the warm fries that is going down your throat, the last thing you want is not have the straw that goes in your cup to be able to drink it, right? So your responsibility of that simple job is very important. So you may think, this is just a small job. Oh, well, let me just start here. What I'm going to tell you is that every job, regardless of the level, is very important. So the next point that I want to make is that we have a responsibility to explore our talents, You may not know who they are, and I'm going to do a shameless plug. If you're not sure where they are, guess what? I know a place where you can go in the penthouse that can help you with assessments. Like, what motivates me? How did God create me? What are my leadership voices? Trying to figure out what that is. So we do have a responsibility of developing our talents. The master did not expect him to stay and dig them out. There could be different reasons for that fear and developing those, but we are to explore them. We need to figure that out. Actually, in Matthew 5, 16, it says, our talents actually help others see God. And Matthew 25, 29 says, by using our talents, we grow. So master comes back to his two servants, and we can move on to the next slide. So the master praised him for good work. 
You've been faithful in handling this small amount, he told him. So now I'll give you as many more responsibilities. Begin the joyous tasks I have assigned to you. Have you ever done something you're like, man, like look at the scripture. It says that the part that hits me is you've been faithful and you've been handling a small amount. Didn't it say that God gave you something within your abilities? But the thing that's very interesting is now he's saying it was a small amount. Maybe God is putting you in a position to see how you're going to handle the small things that now he's saying small, even to that person, even from the five and the two. But now I'm going to give you things that you like to do. Sometimes you have to go through that class. Sometimes you have to go through that math, maybe whatever subject you don't like to get to the final task. And it can be hard, it can be very challenging. And so what I'm telling you is that sometime will God will give us to our ability and it may be boring. It may not be fun, but what I'll tell you is to hold on because there is the next step. As we go on and think about these joyous tasks, before we learn how to see him, the thing that we have to realize is that God knows what's best. So let's move on to the story as we continue on. We can move to the next slide. So the servant that was given a 1,000 said, Master, I know I have high standards. You have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for errors. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound to the last cent. Now in other scriptures, they actually, he said, you're lazy, You know, he said, why did you do that? I want to focus on the perspective, how do you think he was feeling? Do you really believe that he developed and prepared himself? So I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, what are you doing with your gifts now? So what are you doing? Are you using your gifts? Thank you. So what have you been doing? Right? This is, it's very easy. We'll come back together. It's very easy to think about him not doing the right things. So it looks like everybody's doing what they're supposed to with the talents they have, right? So I'm having a thumbs up. So this is message isn't for everyone. But one of the things I want to talk about is how do you show up? How do you prepare? I talked about exploring. How do you prepare? Well, one of the things that I'll talk about is showing up for things that happen on campus. Great example that we have of that you just show up with what you have. So we have something called an English portfolio. We have it every year for English majors. And I will tell you, they're nervous. They're like, should I show up? What should I do? And I will say every single time that someone has showed up, when a person leaves, they have left with, at least one person have left with an opportunity. We had a Christian leadership conference called SOAR this past spring. That could be very nervous. We had over 200 people show up. We had professionals. We had alumni. And you could show up. We had a student show up. Okay, I'm going to sit. Okay, I did it. I made it to the workshop. Then she went to the front and she spoke with one of the workshop leaders. And they said, hey, let me, oh, you're interested in this and connected. Guess what? They created an internship for her. Sometimes God just wants us to take that step. Let me tell you about our student body president, which I think is amazing. 
if she's here today. I love to hear her story when she met me of, should I come to Northwestern? I had my eyes on somewhere else, but God led me somewhere else, and she's doing amazing things. Amen? And so, yes, thank you. So what we have to think about is we have people that have had professional basketball internships. All these people did was they humbly moved. They didn't hide. They didn't stand in fear. They moved. Are you moving today? Are you actually using the talents in which God has given you? If not, what is causing you not to move? So as we continued and as we see that we can justify in our head what and who God is, right? That it, it said that, you know, you have high standards, you hate careless ways, you demand so much, so I'm scared of you. And my question is, were you? Because if I'm scared of someone, I'm going to do what they asked me to do, right? So if you think about this, we need to stop probably making excuses and justifying maybe something that is in us that we need from him, from the master, to really know him. Because here's what I'll say, is that our God is love. Our God does correct from our consequences. Our God gives us options and he gives us free will. And there's consequences for that free will. And so the next point I want to make is that we're not alone. I really think in this three servants, when he brought them together, I'm like, why did he choose them? He could have said separately, I want to talk to you. That is a community. I think it's one of the smallest examples of what community in the church looks like. I don't think it's an example that you set where you are. I don't think it's an example that you're sitting who you are. I don't think it's an example that the people in your class as you start your quad and whoever that is today, that God has a plan. God has a purpose. And you're not alone. There's perfect examples from education like Montessori school, places that age groups together, but all of this creates a community for his commission and for his will. And as we process through, so I'm not going to focus on the consequences of bad decisions or what they were, but I want to talk about God's intentions. So if we can move to the next part of this story, is that everyone who has and values his blessings from God that he has used them wisely, more than will be given, will be richly supplied, and that will be in abundance. But for one who does not have, he has ignored and disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, and they will be taken away. So God doesn't want to punish us. God really wants us to soar. He wants us to mount up like e wings like eagles. He wants us to be courageous. He wants us to freely believe that we can. He wants us to step out, to take that path that he has called us to do. He wants us to lead with greatness because he believes that we can. He wouldn't give it to you. He wouldn't give you what's in your heart if he didn't think you could. So here is the thing. I'm going to move to this. It's because this is what God thinks is up. If you can move to the next slide. He said that you, and he called us beloved, you are the salt of the earth, but the salt becomes bland and it uses its salt, saltiness. It can anything make it salty again? No, it's useless. It's tossed out, thrown away, and trampled. And that's what really happened to that last person. He didn't have that gift anymore because he didn't believe in God. And it really wasn't a God thing. It was a faith thing. And it was about us. And so you, beloved, are the light of the world. Any city built on a hilltop cannot be hidden. 
You might be happy to have one. If you think about it, wouldn't, I would be happy like, oh, whew, you got more to do. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I got one. Let me deal with my one. This is all I can deal with right now. God knows this is all I can have right now. You know what? And I joke, I'm like, that's why I have a 19-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 7-year-old because I couldn't handle three kids like under in diapers or something, right? So God knew what I can handle. We got to think about that. God, why did you make me wait through those times? And there were some challenging things that I had during that time. But what we have to realize is, God, thank you for what you have given me. And so what we have to think about, let's move to the next slide, is that similarly, do not be silly to put a lamp and then hide it under a bowl. When someone lights a lamp and he puts it on a table or a desk or a chair, the light illumines in the entire house. You are like that illuminating light. Let your light shine wherever you go. You may illuminate creation so men and women everywhere can see your good actions and see your creation to its fullest, that you may see devotion to me and you may turn and praise the Father in heaven because of it. You see, God's love and purpose for our lives is not for us to stay within our challenges. It's not for us to give up. His real plan is to bring us to salvation that we may be with him. Because the rest of the scripture, it says, even in John, it says, my father's house has many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. And that's where we'll be also. So overall, the parable of the talents, the master in some of the verses said, come with me and let us be joyous together. That's what God truly wants. He doesn't want us to fail. So dear friends, let's rest in the knowledge that God knew us before we were born. He knew the challenges. He knew that class you were going to take. You know that he knew that breakup you were going to have. He knew that challenging situation was going to occur. He already knew that is trusting in him. So next slide. So when we think about our pathways, let him direct you. Be the light that he has called you to be. There is no perfect way, only a perfect God. So lead, use the talents and gifts to the level that he has given him. And so one of the things I want to think about, this is my first little, it's one of, I've had this flashlight, it says Jesus is the light and the way. That's what this says. And so as we move to the next slide, is I want you to think about that one, house lights, that if one isn't enough, and you can take your phone out, if we can have the house lights go down, That even, you don't have to turn your lights on now, but even if we do not see how our talent is making an impact, it is important to let yourself be used by God because you may never know how you can affect someone's life. See, when you go out into the marketplace, when you go out into the world, the world is dark. There's a lot of challenges. There's things that people do not see hope. They do not have the opportunity for you to be in a Christian education, to be uplifted, for people to pray for you. And the only light that they can see in the darkness is maybe through you. And so if you do not use your talents and call us, because God called us a peculiar people. We were called to be people that were held with responsibility, that we may not be the only ones, but in the same way it says, let your light shine. So what I want you to do is realize that if you do not use your talent, something will be missing in the dark. The darkness is lonely, the darkness is scary, but I'll tell you, we have been called and one little light can make a difference. 
So if I call your gift, I want you to turn on your smartphone of that gift. So if you have the gift of listening, I want you to turn on your flashlight. If you have the gift of service and hospitality, turn on your light. If you have the gift of laughter, turn on your light. If you have the gift of strategy and vision, if you have the gift of discernment, bringing people together, connecting them, the gift of charity, compassion, the gift of processes, the gift of patterns, of putting things together, organization, the gift of music, the myth of theater, the gift of math, the sciences, the gift of teaching, ministry, engineering, athleticism, intercession. What I want you to realize is that God needs you, that your light makes a difference, that this side over here, turn off all your lights, turn them all off, turn them all off. Do you see the impact if you were to not move when God says move? There will be a piece of this world that will be dark. We need you. Turn your lights back on. Amen. But what you have to realize and how to get through it is that you have to seek where God tells you to go. It will be one step that you can go and then realize the more you be confident in Him, He will be a beacon greater than any of our light in who we are. So I want you to look around and I challenge you, when you see another believer trying and doing, I want you to say, I see you, I see your light. Keep going, keep pushing because we have a calling to do. Amen? Amen. So I want you to remember this time that you matter. So as we finish, I want you to know that there's great opportunity if you go out. We have a leadership development next week. Please grab a bookmark. But I encourage you to continue to show your light that it is enough in the darkness. Have a good rest of the week and a great time.